Okay, it looks like we're live. Awesome. So, hi, welcome to Let's Talk About Sex. I'm Jerome Nichols, host of this show. And I tell you the intro a little weird, but I'm going to let it go this time. I always have a very specific intro, but maybe I should be a little less scripted. Anyways, hi, um, today, <laughs> welcome to Let's Talk About Sex, the show where we talk about sex. And today, uh, we're here with Andrew Guzman, who is a disability, um, he just told me what's his right, and I put it down. Disability awareness uh, consultant, podcaster, and he also says that he goes by a crippled uh, content creator, which I think is kind of dope. Um, so why don't you tell people a bit about what that means, what, what, what you do? Awesome. Hello. First, let me just correct you. My last name is actually Andrew Gerza. So close. Gerza. Gerza. So close, but so wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> It's Andrew Gerza. Uh, I am a disability awareness consultant. I am a podcaster. I run the podcast Disability After Dark, the brand Disability After Dark, really. Um, I am a triple content creator, which means that I create content around disability as a disabled person. I think that people with disabilities don't generally get to create their own content. Typically, we have you know, organizations and people doing stuff around disability, but it's very rare that you see people with disabilities kind of making their own stuff, especially talking about sex and disability and sexuality and all that freeform stuff. And so I like the, I like the idea of crippled content creator because it kind of plays with the idea of disability and puts disability on its head. And it's, I just, I'm a, a provocateur in that way. I like to really push the envelope a little bit and make people go, oh, okay, what is that? All right. So it's a fun little label that I've kind of adopted to basically say that as a disabled person, I create my own content around whatever it is I'm talking about disability. Now, why is it that there aren't a lot of uh, disabled people creating their own content about their own lives? I think that there are. I just think that it's, we've heard, I've heard, we've heard it before. We've heard it. We've talked about access. We talk about um, barriers. I think it's happening more and more with, and I know I just said I, there weren't a lot of us, there are, I think, a lot of us, but there, there's, so, there's a handful of us that are getting the recognition for doing the work. Um, mm. And I, I mean, there are people on YouTube doing a whole bunch of cool stuff around disability. There are people running podcasts. Uh, the Accessible Stall podcast is one of the ones that's really good if you want to hear a good podcast around disability stuff. Um, but... There's, there's only a handful of us, so Cripple Content Creators, which is something that I'm going to be also launching as part of the work I do. I want to help other people with disabilities who have a dream and have an idea and have realized that disability is part of kind of their niche and want to make it their thing. I want to give them a platform to help them create something and help them create a brand and help them create a name. Basically, my overall goal with all the work I've ever done around disability is to bring disability into the popular culture and give it like a fun fresh like way to look at it a different way to look at it um i think like i said i think people are creating i just think they need more exposure and i want to help them do that okay well when it comes to sexuality you, you mentioned that there there's like a dearth of people talking about sexuality now i know that in popular culture and in the culture of like uh people like me who aren't who aren't turning off their dog on phones um it, it's not really a topic of um, discussion ever. Like it, it never comes to our minds. Cause like, I, firstly, I wouldn't even know what to think about, what to consider. I guess the most I've ever considered about it so far is that yes, if the, if the, if the possibility ever came up where there was, you know, a quote unquote disabled person in the way that you usually think about them where there's some sort of physical disability, I would be willing to, you know, date them or something, or, you know, see where it goes. But I haven't thought about it any further than that. Like, what what, what are we talking about? What, what, what are the things that we need to be considering and thinking about when it well, comes to those sorts of things? I mean, I think the first thing we need to consider is that everybody fucks. Everybody yes. fucks. That's the first <laughs> thing that we need to consider. Is that everybody gets it on. And that's, I mean, that's so cliche, but it's true. Also, I think the big thing that we need to consider when we talk about sex and disability and something we often gloss over, because typically when we talk about sex and disability in pop culture, and it's happening more and more now, but when we do, we only talk about the how it happens and how do you fuck and how, how. So we're really hung up on the mechanics of, of how 
this person who we assume is disabled and assume is unable, how does this person fuck? What we're forgetting is, we're forgetting to ask the question, how does sex and disability feel? So the things you need to consider is that even though I'm a disabled person, I have emotions that I attach to the sex that I'm having, like we all do. But because my experience as a disabled person has been, you know, different, there's been a lot of, I've gone through a lot of rejection, a lot of, you know, invisibility given my status as a disabled person. Um, people often forget that I, that we as disabled people feel the sex we're having. And we feel a lot, sometimes, at least in my case, a lot deeper and a lot more raw than I think the average person might think we do. Because it's not just about getting off, it's about the experience of sex as a disabled person. That's true. And I, I would honestly say that I feel like there's a lot of people who, in the quote-unquote non-disabled world that would be, you know, guilty of not thinking about these things for themselves. So it's easy to think about or, or easy to understand why that would not be a common topic if, you know, I, I even I as a sex educator wasn't thinking about certain uh, aspects of like intimacy and um, you know, the depths of the type of pleasure that I could feel beyond, you know, the typical until yeah. I was in my mid. So, you know, it's, 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 there's a, there's a lot to learn for ourselves as well as other people, but it's important to learn about other people so that you can learn about yourself as well. Cause I'm sure that there's a lot of like, you know, tips and tricks and like understandings even that are thrilling in a unique way that would come from a, a person with, with your type of experience, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there is. Disability is a, it's a fun roller coaster ride of emotions that you gotta, you have to, to just gotta go on. Um, and I think it's okay for people to be, to not think about it, but it's also time that they start thinking about it. Because I, like I say in the work I do, whenever I present and whenever I do a talk and whenever I am in front of an audience, I'll say to, to the audience, you know, at some point, in some way, disability is going to affect you. You may become disabled tomorrow based on something happening to you. You may get hit by a car when you will go in the street right now and then become paralyzed. You may have a congenital issue that you didn't realize you had that's gonna cause some life events to happen to you. That's, or you might bump into the hottest person on the street that happens to live with a disability that you wanna get with. At some point, disability is gonna impact you and we need to start having a conversation about that. I think one of the things I think that the non-disabled community needs to be okay with, because this is a long-winded answer, but it's not PC for non-disabled people to be afraid of disability. I think so many people are like, oh, you can't be afraid of me because I'm disabled. Well, my, my counter to that is, yeah, you can be afraid, but admit to me that you're scared. Admit to me that it's uncomfortable. Let me know that you're uncomfortable in a, in a nice, kind way. Don't be weird about it, but just, you know, if we're going to fuck, and I, if I like you, we're going to hang out, and, or you want to fuck me, but you're scared, and you don't know how, the, the sexiest thing you can do in that moment is say to me, you know what, I want to I try all this, but I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Help me out. And that's, like, I feel like that comes down to a problem of, like, not, of people not knowing how to learn. Because, like, the sex is supposed to, and life is supposed to be about learning. And we come up with like, you know, new experiences and we meet new people with different bodies all the time. And we rarely ask, rarely, like just openly ask. Yeah, we just don't. I want to know. We just don't open. I mean, I mean, now by openly ask, I don't mean like come up to me and say like, hey, can you fuck? Because that's not, I'm not going to answer that question. But if you... <laughs> But if you came up to me and said, like, hey, like, the, the, sec the sexiest thing a guy could ever do for me is uh, come up to me at a club and say, hey, hey, man, I see you're in a chair, like, and I kind of think you're hot. Can we go talk about that? I'd be like, all right, yeah, my pants are off. Let's go in the, let's go in the next room and do things. Because what you're saying to me is you don't know, but you like a guide post as opposed to, like, I've had guys drunkenly stumble up to me at bars and go, hey, um... Are you paralyzed? And I'm, I'll go, no. No, I'm not. Hi, nice to meet you. Like, what, where did that come from? Oh, I just, you know, because I saw you were in a chair, I just thought everybody in a chair was paralyzed. And then they'll touch my leg to, like, see if I'm paralyzed. And it's like, excuse me, 
what? What gave you the right to do that? So, I mean, what? <laughs> I like that you laugh so hard you drop the computer on the floor. Um, but I mean, it's that kind of stuff and that kind of um, ignorance that is not. That's why. That's why so many people, so many disabled people, are angry all the time because they go through these kind of stuff. This kind of stuff, trying to access things that so many people take for granted. Like, it's similar, I think. The oppression is similar to when people of color get asked stupid things about their race, and you're just like, well, why would you, why would you ask me that? Like, what? No. Stop talking to me. Like, yeah. when you were talking about touching of your leg, I was, I immediately thought, like, that is exactly like when, when I have my Afro out and people are like, can I touch your hair? And I'm like, no, you can't. I'm not, no. I'm not a dog. I'm trying to pet me. Yeah, you can only touch my hair if we're gonna get it on, and you're in the middle of that. That's what you're doing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's delicious and great. Go ahead, like that's what it's there for. But like, I don't know you. Yeah, you're just not allowed. Like, I love that YouTube, that YouTube video where that that actress was like, "No, you can't do this. No, you can't. No, because it's just so. It's just. But that's what happens to disabled people all the time. And that story that I was telling of me being in the club where the guy touched my leg. Literally happened to me. That happened to me in real life, and I couldn't believe it was happening. This really good-looking guy came up to me in a bar, and I thought we were gonna like, you know, go home together because he's touching my leg, and I thought he was like gonna go up and touch the rest of me, and then he was like, "Oh no, no, no! I was just checking to see you could feel everything," and I just thought, "What? Like, what is why happening?" Do you need to yeah, like, why do you need to? What? I, okay. And then I was like, well, you were hot, but now I'm just distant. Now I can't. Now we're done. Understandable. I, I, I have that same problem when I'm like, when I'm talking to a cute white guy and then all of a sudden he tells me how much he wants my black cock. And I'm like, well, uh, it was so nice talking to you. Have I know. And I mean, part of me is like, <laughs> when it comes to like fetishization of disability, part of me is like, yeah, I'm down with that. Like if my crippleness gets you off. Great, let's work on that together. But if sure. the only thing you want is my triple cock, then I don't want to be. Then I can't. No. Right. Like the the things that are different about us make us who we are, and it's part of what makes us sexy. And you should be able to be like, yeah, I like your body for X Y Z reasons. Yeah. But then also like, I like your soul. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think for you, like as a as a man of color, as a queer man of color, like I was reading. Um, thing yesterday about racism in the queer community and I was like wow it's so true it's so painfully true Um, and I mean I think the worst part about racism and ableism and all these isms in our community is that when they overtly fetishize you and be like yeah I'm only in it I see it all the time on like Grindr and Scruff where like I'm really into black dudes cocks like what but like what if they're not into your racism like what (laughs) then But like there are, there are tons of like black dudes who go for that. I, I, I mean, some of the boys are cute and I could see how like just having access to ass all the time would be great. But I, 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 I'm not a person who can, who likes to have sex without emotion. So yeah. I couldn't even wrote if I wanted to. I'm the same way. And like in terms of, of the emotion thing you just said, I, also refer to myself as a as a fuckling, which is like, which is like you know when you're when you know when you see baby ducks and they imprint on somebody and they like follow mm-hmm. you around for a week in love with you. Basically, after I fuck somebody that I really like, that's what I do. I will imprint on you for a week and follow you around in love with you because we just did things. Sex must have been good. Yeah, we've all been a fuckling at some point. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> and you know I like that. I like the emotion that goes with it. I think partly as a disabled man, we've been taught as disabled people that we're not supposed to be sexual. So when I engage in a hookup with somebody or a one night thing or you know maybe a multiple night thing, that never really happens. But when it, in my dreams it does. Um, when I engage in like a, a hookup scenario with somebody, I get attached. The sex is important to me because sex for me isn't like we don't I don't have access to guys when I want like I can't go and grind it right now and find somebody to hook up with because I have to deal with all their oh you're in a chair like oh I didn't 
oh, I'm not sure if I can come over then because I'm not, I'm scared about this. Like, it isn't easy to access my sexuality. So when I do, like, snag a guy to come over and do things, I get all emotionally excited by it. I agree. Like, I, I, I had a similar experience. I'm, I'm way overweight, quote unquote. Um, awesome. But, like, so through my life, I've had, I've had lots of sex. But I've also had a difficult time finding partners. Um, it's been one of those things where like, oh, you're cute, but you're a little too big for me. And I'm like, so I, I, I understand that that lack of access thing. Yeah. And how, how yeah. that can like affect you. And I, I actually have found like over my life that being able to I guess date-ish has actually made that almost like non-existent in my life. Cause like I can I, I, I can normally vet out anyone who would be weird about the sex we might have just by meeting them once before we have sex. And it also Sorry. makes me more comfortable personally with, you know, taking the bed. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that um just to go back to like the weight thing, like I'm not. I in my twenties was a was a like a spry, skinny, sickly kid who was like, I'm never gonna, my metabolism is never gonna change. And then I hit twenty eight, twenty nine, and my body was like, oh wait, <laughs> about that though. So I wouldn't say that I'm I'm overweight, but I will agree that I have a bit of a a cookie pouch. I have a little thing happening, you know. So and I, you know. I kind of, that's part of my thing. And if you want to get with that, that's a part of it. Um, sometimes I prefer to myself as a bear in a chair. Um, <laughs> that's cute. That yeah, is so cute. I mean, <laughs> I play with it because it's not something that's going to change. And I think in the queer male community, we have such a problem with race. We have such a problem with ability. We have such a problem with the weight. And I, when I was in my, I'll, I'll tell the story. When I was in my 20s, I met this guy. He was like, I think what the doctors would refer to as like morbidly obese. He's a big guy, but super cute. And I was kind of into him. And so we decided to go do things and things were happening. And I, he had to get on top of me. Now, my fear was because I am disabled and can't move myself. My fear was like, okay, you're a big guy. If you get on top of me and something happens to me now, and I mean, it was so horrible. It was like the worst thing I could have thought. And so since then, I've admonished myself for being such an asshole about it. But, I, but there was a moment where I definitely was like, oh, what if I get crushed? It's horrible. It's horrible. But that's where my, that's where, <laughs> that's where my brain went. Because I was like, I'm disabled and then I can't move and I can't get out. I'm going to be stuck. <laughs> stuck. It's so I had new. To, it's yeah. So, but I mean, and I had to say to the guy, it was like 22 or 23 when it happened, I had to say to the poor guy, I was like, listen, I don't think we can continue here because I'm worried about this. And the, the look on the guy's face, I'll never forget how sad he was. And ever since then, I've like, I've like, I was so angry with myself because I was like, why would you, you're asking this guy to come and, to come and fuck you and, and you're disabled and you're not, you, you can't accept that this guy has a different body too. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I pretty much, I mean, and I tell that story because like, I've realized over the years, especially within the work that I do as a, as a disability advocate now, how even though you're disabled, you can still be an asshole. Like, even though I've grown out of it, but I have had my moments where I've been such a prick. And you have to kind of just flop yourself and be like, what? Why did you, <laughs> why'd you do that? So I'm not, a, I'm not immune to the like, oh, you're different from me? I can't deal with that. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, when I was mm, a young 19, maybe, I think I had my first situation where I came across someone who was HIV positive, and we had already set to meet and all that. And then, like, he told me, and I immediately was like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. And I feel so bad still about that. Yeah, I know. Because, I know. because like, at the, at the time, I just didn't know that, like, it was okay. I didn't know that everything would be fine. And yeah. and it I understand why he didn't say, well, you know, quote unquote blah 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 blah. But I also kinda wish he would have. Yeah. Because I, I, I might have done it. 
probably would have done it because he was really cute. He had a really cute ass. I still think about his ass sometimes. Right. I mean, they're the asses are like asses are like like the, the cakes though. The cakes. Right. Though. Right. I get it. I like. <laughs> I, I. Okay. As somebody who can't walk and can't really, I can't contort my body into all these we these awesome pornographic sex positions that I wish I could. So my the thing I like to do is to eat ass really well. So I I know I feel your pain. I get it. I understand like a, a nice ass that you could have been all up in and you let walk away because <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'll never I'll never get the opportunity. Never again, right? <laughs> Shit. Uh, no, it's like the regret I have in my heart for like that time. I, I I gave away my PSP in exchange for a Nintendo DS. I, I still regret that as well. It, it's wow. just like bad decisions for you. <laughs> the hurt is deep. So deep. <laughs> Mind you, I'm not fucking with you. This is like 2009. And back then, I'm just like... <laughs> oh, man, I'm still such, scarred. You're such a baby, so you're still in your 20s now, hey? Yeah, I'm 27. I just had a birthday. Not nine. Yes, I'm gonna be thirty next year. <laughs> uh, you're still a baby though. I'm thirty-two, so I feel like an old man. I I can't wait till I'm thirty because I've been accidentally saying I'm thirty for like the last year and a half. You can get away with it. It's all right. Twenty-nine is basically thirty, but when you actually hit thirty, you're like, "Fuck! I have to do shit with my life. What am I doing? What am I doing?" I'm doing shit with my life right now. I'm surrounded by the butters. I've got like orders that need to go out. I got bath bombs over here. I got color experiments over there. I've got a Shelf full of inventory. I need to stop. Try some butters. I haven't. I've ne- I, I saw your stuff, but I've never. I haven't tried it. I should. I should order some shit. I should send you a sample so you can review it. Please, yes, I will do a review of Disability After Dark reviews the butters. Yeah, totally. Because I okay. One of the things about the butters is that I I need it to be available to people who need it. That's part of why it's like inexpensive because I know that people of color need something great and they don't make as much money as white people. I know that disabled people can't, you, you know, sometimes can't work. People yeah. with mental illnesses can't work, and, but everybody needs toiletries that are worth a damn. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, in terms of like you, you were talking about disabled people can't work, that's why, I, back to Kobo Content Creator, that's why I. That's why I want to do this because disabled people can work. What they need to realize is that there's they should capitalize on being crippled, and that's what I'm trying to do is to use my experience as a disabled man to be like, yeah, I can make money. You want me to tell you about my story? You want me to go do a lecture? Cool. My fee is this. Thanks. Bye. Like, <laughs> like I'm learning. I'm learning to capitalize on all that because people. I'm sure as an overweight black queer man people want to hear your story too they're all about you know we're in in the so in the social justice what was that you cut out just a little bit there they're, they're like oh i'm so interested what's it like being black yeah what's it like being black and gay oh yeah you're also fat what about <laughs> there's so much and i'm sure i can just see like you at a conference having all these people be like do you want to come and do you want to come up and tell your thing like that's happening to me all the time People want me to speak all the time for free, and I'm like, okay, so you want me to tell you my most intimate stories, and you want me to share that with you, but you're not willing to... What? No. The answer is no. 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 I mean, there's one or two times every year, one or two events that I will do pro bono for free to be like, all right, one or two. Just to be fair, if if I support the organization and I like what they're doing and they, you know, genuinely don't have money and they need, they want to help me out and expose me a bit, sure, one or two, no problem. But I'm learning that if you want me to tell my story and you want me to be present for you and you want me to, to- you want to tokenize me, you're gonna pay for that. Like, go ahead, tokenize the shit of me, go ahead. I will be your queer, crippled, disabled, faggoty, gay guy, all you need me to be. But if you want me to do that intersectional thing for you, you gotta pay. Absolutely, no. Give me money. Like I, I love when Native American people start selling uh, garments with their with their uh, patterns and shit on it, taking money away from urban outfitters and all these other people who want to take their shit and make money off it. No, 
You you sell your shit and make money. Yeah. And get it. And put everybody else out of business because they're going to be better. So much better because it's going to be authentic and it's going to be real and it's going to be an, a Native American person or an indigenous person doing what they have already done. A fucking urban outfitter. Yeah. So I get it. So when I go do a talk, like I'll charge my talks in Canada are 500 bucks. My talks in America are a thousand bucks. And I, you know, that's what I, I that's what I do because it's like, you know what? I got to feed myself. It isn't just for me to go buy. Yeah. It isn't just for me to go buy new shit. It's for me to, to, um, to live and to, you know, so, and so with the podcast with Disability After Dark, I have a Patreon page and I saw, you know, you have one for yours too. So like, and I love it when people are able to put whatever they can. Like if I get somebody pledging two bucks a month, I'm like, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Your two bucks a month is going to, you know, I'm going to want that two bucks at the end of the, at the end of the month. I'm going to want that two bucks in my account because I know that at least I'm making some money for the work I do. Cause you know, you're a podcaster putting these stories out there for everybody to hear. Sometimes you're sitting in front of your computer being like, what the fuck am I going to talk about today? Or I have this really painful story that I want to tell and I got to tell the computer now. Great. <laughs> I, my, my thing is like, I'll, I'll record a show and because I just sort of like put the recorder away, like in the corner of the room, I will forget. And then I'll go back and listen to the show and I'll be like, I cannot believe I said that. Right. Yeah. Um, wait, I totally can. I love being embarrassed. It's great. <laughs> I, I, have, I have audacity and I just hit record and I just talk to the computer for like an hour and I don't, really know what I said until I listen back to it and go, what did I say? Why did that? What? So It's hard to remember. That's, that's, that's something people don't understand about being like talking, be, being like a professional talker, is that it's hard to recall yeah. all the shit said over an hour? Yeah, over like or even 40, 42 minutes where you're like, what did I just talk about? How did I start this episode? What did I come here what for? Was the What's the purpose again? Um, yeah, and I had somebody on iTunes review my podcast and be like, Andrew, you've repeated yourself. And I was like, of course I do. I don't know what I just said. So I started <laughs> I started writing down, like I started making notes that I read from when I do the podcast so I don't go over it again. I'm not sure what the original question was, but uh, yes, to that, yes. <laughs> See, this is this is exactly what we're talking about. We don't remember, but no, actually, there was. I just made a statement, but I do have a question. Awesome, I'm ready. That question is: How do you handle kink and disability, physical disability? In terms like, of, how, how, how does that work out? Like, what part of kink? How do I like, handle? Well, are, are you kinky at all? First off. Fucking yes. The answer Are you into beating like, like put me in some leathers and I'm all like put me in a harness and I'll like, let's go. Um Okay. I I I'm learning that I like submission a lot. I like it a lot. I like being submissive to somebody. And that isn't I don't think that's tied to my disability. Well, I think it might be a little bit actually tied to my disability, if I'm honest. Yes and no. Um yes because in my life with the type of disability that I have, I have to direct care staff to do a lot of personal care to me all the time and tell them exactly what I want and tell them exactly what I need and be very, very direct with them all the time about what I'm doing. And I have to manage that. So to be in a space with somebody where I don't have control for just a minute feels really nice. Where I know I'm safe and I know they're not gonna hurt, they're not gonna hurt me or anything, but to be like, I was with somebody recently, and I said, like, I don't want to make... They're like, what do you want me to do to you? And I was like, I don't, I don't want to make the decision. You decide. And I just kind of said, you know, go figure it out. And to not have control over that was for just a minute really nice. Um, I like the idea of somebody... How do I say this without saying weird? I like the idea of somebody taking charge over the situation for me so that I can just enjoy the sex I'm having. Um, Owning you. Not in, like, the I'm going to be your, like, slave for the hour thing, but, like... No, but it's, it's sort of like it, they, they take over ownership over your pleasure, over your body for the yeah. time being. Yeah, I think that I, in that sense, I'm very kinky. I like the... And I just... There's, as, a, as a queer man, there's something hot about another man 
on top of you telling you you don't have a choice but to do whatever we're doing. I don't know. There's something I really like about that, and I don't often get the chance to explore it in the sex I have, because typically, even in the sex I have, I'm the one schooling the guy on how to have sex with the guy with disabilities. Like, that's my primary role in the fucking that I have, and it's super... I don't mind doing it, like, once, but I hate doing it every single time. It's really exhausting. I just want to play. I don't want to have... I don't want to... I don't want to have to walk you through, but I also feel some sort of weird responsibility to walk you through the sex we're having because I don't want to scare you. So I feel like I have to give you the guidepost on how to fuck the disabled guy. But I'm also like, I don't want to do that with you. I just want to play. So, and I don't have a lot of recurring sex partners, unfortunately. My sex tends to be like, I'm the guy you notch on your bedpost. Like, yeah, I fucked that disabled guy once. Like, that's typically the kind of sex that I end up having. Partly because I meet guys on apps and partly because I meet people in, like, non-traditional places because of accessibility and all these things. So I typically am the first disabled guy you've ever fucked. And I tend to never see you again because then halfway through the sex, they realize how real it is, the sex we're having, and how emotional I'm getting about what we're doing and I'm a talker in bed okay I don't shut up if I like what I'm feeling I will tell you and if I like you I'll say stupid things like hey want to hang out again like in the middle of the sex we're having because I don't care so <laughs> so I'm adorable like, I know I'm kind of adorable like people need to realize that I just want to be loved that's all it is um yeah. uh, and so like I'm I'm kinky, I'm kinky for when a guy says like I had a guy tell me once we don't hang out anymore. But he told me once during the sex, like he put his hand on my chest and I was freaking out. And I was giving him a whole monologue about how I wanted to see him again and I'm really into him. And, and he goes, stop for a minute. Hang on, stop for a second. And I go, okay, what's what? And he goes, you're safe here. Just stop and enjoy yourself. And I was like, whoa, what? I can do that? So, and then I did. But I mean, that happens very rarely. Like to have somebody stop and say, I want you to just enjoy yourself is that's very rare i don't know if you have the same experience as a a man of color you know accessing your sex um has that ever happened to you where you like i i i'm i'm not normally the the nervous one i'm i'm normally the one being like it's okay you can calm down i i'm i'm usually very cool under pressure See, I'm the I'm the nervous one. Like I, like to get you over to my house, I'm cool and I'm relaxed and I'm like, whatever, come over. The minute you get here, I'm freaking out because oh my god, it's really happening. So, and that's what, and that's why I think I'm a fuckling because I really get emotional because I think sometimes as a disabled man, we don't get the chance to, like I have I don't date very often. I don't date lots. I've never had a long term relationship. I've never. I haven't done the things you do when you're 16, 17, 18. I haven't learned how to date. I don't know how to do any of that. I know how to suck your dick really well and eat your ass out and see you later. Do it. So I, what I tend to end up doing as a disabled man, whether I realize it or not, is to create emotions for myself from experiences where the emotions aren't necessarily that high but I create that narrative because I want something to hold on to and I want something to like remember and I want, and I don't want it to be just hook up. I'd like to, my thing is like, I'm the worst for if you think you're coming over to just fuck me, actually what you're coming over to do is like, you're going to fuck me and I'm going to not let you forget that you ever, like, I'm going to not let you forget that we ever sat down together because I want it to mean something. And it should. I think this is what a lot of queer men tend to forget. They like a lot of us, whether we're queer men or just living in the world, like sex. Yeah. You can go and off and have sex, but I think we forget that even if it's a one night stand, even if it's a hookup, there's, there should be, even in that context, emotions attached to what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I, it, it's hard. It's hard living in a very, Oh, God, now my computer is about to die. Um, living in a very unemotional world, uh, just in general, we, we're not that great at be, at saying, hey, or, hey, can you come cuddle with me? Or, 
hey, will you hold my hand? Or I don't like being kissed on the lips. I prefer being kissed on the forehead. Or like just simple things. It's hard to feelings because the one, the English language is not that emotional, so it doesn't have a lot of words to express things. Yeah. Two, a, a lot of kids are never taught like things, simple shit like consent, and that it's okay yeah. to feel not okay with things. So like, <laughs> so like we're missing like very baseline shit as opposed yeah. like to like basically stable people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and you know, when we talk about all the things that we missed, no wonder we're uncomfortable with disabled people fucking because no one ever talked about it. No one. Ever, so, part of what I do, and I mean, somebody the other day, last night and to, and yesterday, two people that I was talking to called me leaders, a leader in the field of what I'm doing, and I went, oh, really? Am I? Ooh, like, me? Thank you. Like, yeah, it was shocking because I was like, oh. I just do my work and I don't, like, I don't, oh, like, that's really nice, but also, really? Um, but, I mean, I think that there needs to be more of us and there needs, especially in the queer community. And if you look in queer communities, there are a bunch of queer disabled people out there. And, of course, the person outside my window, outside my door is deciding to vacuum right now because that would make sense. Um, but <laughs> what I'm saying is... Uh, you know, there's so many queer disabled people out there who aren't given a platform, who aren't given a space to share these feelings. And I think when people think about fucking us, all they think about is I'm going to fuck the disabled guy as a novelty and I'm not going to, that's it. Whereas, and this happens to, in queer male, like, sex communities all the time. And I've, I have advertised myself when I was younger as like, want to have sex with a disabled guy? Here I am. To try to see who I would get coming over and as I've grown up I'm like I don't want to I, I will be the disabled guy you fuck but I also want you to see how my disability is a big part of who I am and if you're going to spend time with me you got to know that and they should they're missing out I mean do you feel like as a queer man of color that you that that's like that's an important part of your narrative when you have sex with a person like if someone said to you hey yeah. Jerome, like, I don't see your blackness. Would you be like, what? Oh, am I clear? Am I transparent? Is there something wrong with my skin? You should yeah. see it. I'm really dark. Right? <laughs> it's gorgeous. And I thought that's why you came over. Yeah, right. Like, I thought, what? <laughs> so confused. Like, I, I, like I, I really thought, like, I actually, like, I got a little bit of a tan, actually. I, thought, I, I tried a little harder. Yeah, like, I really worked to make sure you saw my blackness. Um, and I mean, I have guys say this to me all the time where they'll say, like, <laughs> say to me, um, oh, Andrew, I don't, I see you as a person. I don't see your disability. And I go, no, no, no. In order to see me as a person, you must see my disability. Must. Is not optional. Cannot be changed. Must see my disability. And I, when guys say that to me, I get so offended because I'm like, I don't think you understand about who I am and what I do. Do you not understand that I run a whole company based around disability? How do you not see my disability? Like, what? I don't... It, it seems almost like I love you or I like you or I tolerate you despite the fact that you're weird as opposed yeah. to I like you, period. Yeah. Or I like you because you're weird. Like, if a guy told me that he liked me because I'm weird, I'd be like, great, cool. What part of my weirdness yeah. do you like today? Like, yeah. Because I'm weird. It is, it is, it is a part of my brand being odd and a little, like, off. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think my, my total brand as a disabled person, as a queer cripple, as I call myself, um, is to be weird and to be off-putting and to be strange and to be, a bit overly emotional and to be a bit, to be a fuckling and to be a bear in a chair and to be all these things that I said I was. I'm all that stuff. And if you want to get with it, like I was, I was on Scruff last night and I was looking around the Scruff land because I have a thing for, for ginger bears in, without their shirts on. So I was looking for that <laughs> because it's what I do. And so 
I found this guy that I really thought was cute, and I messaged him and said, oh, I just want to say you're really, you have nice eyes, and then you're kind of hot. You're 400 kilometers away, so I'm never going to fuck you, but you're cute. Um, and he goes, yeah, are you mask for mask? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. Then he goes, well, do you go to the gym? And I was like, no, no, I don't. And he goes, oh, you, well, and, I, and he's like, why? And I was like, oh, because I'm in a, I'm, I have a disability, and I can't go to the conventional gym the way you do. And he goes, oh, well, I, I'm kind of looking for a guy that's more active than you. And I just thought, okay, all right. And then, so I put this thing on Facebook that was like, you know, you thinking that I'm not active enough for you is ableism, one. You thinking that I don't go to the gym enough for you is gross. Secondly, your fragile and white masculinity is really, it's so gross. Like, it's weird. What was that? It's weird. It's just, it's gross. So the, the hashtag that I used last night on social media was, <laughs> if you want to get with this, hashtag cripple that walk. Because I was like, you know, because sometimes, because <laughs> sometimes I'm not masculine. Sometimes I am not feminine. I'm neither, I am either or. And I, I go by the he, he, him pronoun, but I have nothing wrong with, with you know, expressing my, Desire to wear dresses sometimes. My desire to dress up and be silly. My desire to do drags. Like I don't. It doesn't. None of that scares me. And I think as a disabled person, we're supposed to. What I've seen a lot is that when you're a disabled man, you're supposed to be hyper, hyper masculine to like mask your disability. And I don't do that. I am not. Like I, I like. Fuck. I, I sit at home and I watch Gilmore Girls. I don't care. If people don't like it, I love it. It's great. Like I'm sitting here with my uh, Uhura Barbie. I I, I, I I understand pretty well, you know. <laughs> Uhura Barbie, amazing, so good. Yeah, it's I I I I saw that they were coming out with one, and I lost my shit. So important. It's so because you know. First of all, we don't have a lot of black Barbies out there. I mean, we do. There's more now, but there's they're all kind of weird. Oh, Ohira is like such an important iconic character. Yes, and I her mean, outfit is super. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, I got it. it's actually like, right. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Like her <laughs> outfit is amazing. So good. The I mean, I would also like them to bring out an Olivia Pope Barbie because. Oh, that would be amazing with the coat. Oh, it would be like that. Um, uh, they had a London, London calling, London something or another Barbie when I was a kid. They that would be an amazing like uh, collection of clothing to put on, like an Olivia Pope Barbie. Yeah, be great. Olivia Pope Barbie. I lose my shit because first of all, can they bring the scandal back already? Where like, come on, I I know we have to wait for Shonda to hurry up, but like nobody cared about the catch. I just want Olivia Pope. Back on television, nobody cared about Peter Krauss being. Nobody cared. No, no, not at all. So we went off on like a thousand tangents. Uh... That's fine. fine. No, okay. So I actually did. I did actually have a question, like a, a legit question, right. because you said that you you get tired of you know taking people through the routine of like you know this is how you have sex with me or this is how I have sex. Would you mind doing that with me as if we were going to have sex? Awesome. So basically you're saying we're going to have sex at some point? We can just save this for later? <laughs> so we oh, yeah. yeah. We'll just file this for the... T- <laughs> All right. Listeners, I'm probably going to have sex with Jerome at some point, so I'm just going to pretend... So no, if we were going to have sex, when we have sex, notice how I did that, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would just maybe sit you down and say, All right, so like, what do you want to do? Like, what gets you off and you would tell me so if we're going to do... want you cuddle and rub your belly and get my dick sucked and maybe spank you a little bit all right all those things are doable so basically from there i would say all right so i want to get my dick sucked i want to eat you out. I'd like to make it a little bit. Um, and this is what I call 
this whole thing is what I refer to as storyboarding your sex. So I'll sit down with the partner beforehand and like we'll we'll write it out and draw pictures and do I don't do this often, but when I do with somebody that I actually give a shit about, we'll sit down and we'll talk it out. And then I'll basically say to you, Okay, so you wanna you wanna you wanna suck my dick and spank me and what was the other one rub my belly then? Yes. Yeah. So okay. So then I would say, Okay, well we have to get me undressed and so you'd have to help me with that. And I would walk you through how to undress me, like taking off my shirt and take off my pants and then take off any other things I have. Like I wear a I wear a special bag to pee into so that I can be free in the day. So I would guide you mm-hmm. through that. Um, but I would do it in a sexy playful way. So I would like, okay, so then you would take off my shirt and then we'd you take off my shirt I would teach you how to lean me forward and take the shirt off and I would, you know, show you which arm goes first and I would guide you through all that. But in the middle of that, we'd make out and then, then we'd move on to the next. So I do it in a way that is really comfortable. And then I would say, okay, so we have to get me in the bed. So I have a special machine that I get, that lifts me up out of my chair into a bed. So I'd show you how to put that on and then we'd put that on and then we'd go from there to the bed or, and I I like the bed. And I, I talked about this in a recent podcast because having sex in the chair is fun but the chair is really cumbersome and the chair is like form fitted to my body and I just want to move. So I would show you how to get me out of my chair and I'd show you how to take my pants off. And, you know, in between, like I said, in between all of that, there'd be some making out and there'd be some, there'd be some play to make it not so clinical. And then, and then, so you want to rub my belly. That's not so hard once the shirt's off. Um, then, I mean, you can basically just do that. Uh, and then the spanking is not really hard. You just roll me over. And I, again, I <laughs> I can't really do much. So you'd have to do a lot of the work. Um, you'd have to like do a lot of the moving parts. So like, if you want to spank me, you just roll me over and we go. And then if you wanted me to suck your dick, you basically have to put your dick in my face because I can't. Again, I can't. Once I'm once I'm in once I'm in bed, I'm in a, a position that I like to refer to as the dead turtle position because um, <laughs> I'm on my back and I can't move and I, I'm stuck. So basically my partner has to do all the, all the moving work. So you'd have to basically put your dick in my face and then I'd ha- then, well, there it is. And I can, then I know what to do. Then I just suck your dick. Um, well, see, this doesn't sound terrible. This sounds like sex I have with my typically abled partner. Uh, so, except he's restrained in mm, hog tie position or something like that. It would essentially be the same. Sort of like yeah, it would be the same, except I wouldn't be restrained by, by hog ties. I'd be restrained by my muscles just deciding not to move. So, that is the cheapest form of bondage I've ever seen in my life. Right? It's the most natural form of bondage ever, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there would just be a, a level of discussion that would have to happen. And I think the discussion is important. Uh, now, there are moments in my sex play where that discussion gets tiring, and sometimes I don't want to. So I would tell you once, probably, I would tell you the one time we hooked up, and then if we hooked up again, I, know, I wouldn't necessarily want to tell you again unless you asked me. So I wouldn't be like, okay, so before we have sex this time, let's pull it out again. The second time I'd be like, all right, let's, now let's just do it, because you kind of know. Um, and that's kind of how I go about my sex play. The first time I'm willing to, I'm willing to show you. And if there's a second time, which there should be because I have a giant penis. Um, if there's a second time, then I, then I will I hope that you don't ask me as much. But if you do, I'm there to, to guide you. But I, I think that the, the talking about it and the storyboarding the sex is fun and important. I, I actually like... Um... I, I know it can, can be tiresome, but in a lot of ways, it actually makes me more comfortable with the sex that I'm having. Not not that, like, I don't know what to do in bed, but I kind of just like to hear what people want. I, I, I like, I, 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 one of my favorite, let's say, fetishes is, like, enthusiastic consent. So, like, yes. 
I'll do almost anything you want me to, as long as you really want me to. Yeah. So you want me to scream out that I want you to spank me really hard? That's. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. See, I think that's hot. That I think that, and I, I, and I, I've done this too. Where like, I remember when I was younger having sex with random guys off Grinder, because it happened. <laughs> it happened. Still happens. Um, okay. Having sex, having random sex with guys off Grinder in my dorm room, I would, I would tell myself that in order to have good sex, I had to shut up and not speak and not talk and just do whatever. I remember telling myself this, like playing a tape in my brain that was like, Andrew, don't speak right now. This is not, don't, no. It's not cool to be talkative. And I'm trying really hard to like divest myself of that narrative because it's so wrong. Now, I love to talk during sex. I love it. Like I like to like stop in the middle of sex and be like, hey, what's going on? How are you feeling? What's going on? Is this good for you? And I like that stuff. That's, for me, sex is such an emotional experience. Like, it's all about the emotions. Even if I just met you and I'm only going to suck your dick this one time and I'm never going to see you again, I am going to pretend like we are boyfriends for that whole hour together because it's just important to me. And so I like being able to tell you exactly how I feel. Even if I over tell you too many times and it's annoying, I don't care. I like it. I, I like that enthusiasm. Then again, um, my partner, my fiance, is a um, human pup. So he's always, he's always very like, yeah, you get very excited I about things puppies. in life. They're, They're so fun. fun. They're so fun. I, I somebody called me that once, and I really like got attracted to the label of being a pup. But then I was like, wait, I haven't, I haven't explored the culture enough. So I'd like to, I definitely give you puppy vibes for sure. I'm what was that? I said you give me puppy vibes. Like you're very, I don't know. It's it's like this level of like. Not, not even naive, but just sort of like unrestrained energy. Yeah, Happy. when it comes to sex and dudes that I like and people, and like, I love sex. I think it's such an important part of human, of humanity, but especially as a queer disabled man who doesn't have access to it, sex for me is like Christmas all the time. Like, I love, I love it so much. What, but what I love more than sex is intimacy. Intimacy is so much but like, I would be okay if you and I hooked up and we didn't actually do anything except made out and like jerk each other off. I'd be fine with that because I'm like, okay, I got what I was looking for, which is more of a connection than, oh, I got you off and I don't know your name. Cool, bye. Like, I don't care about that. I don't care about how far you can shoot your comments. Great, I'm glad for you, but I'd like to know who I'm doing that with. One of my favorite parts of sex is actually getting to connect with people and sort of like feel them feel their their spirit feel um their emotions i like i'm I'm a very tactile person like in general um so sex for me is just sort of like this big buffet of like a bunch of sensations and not all of them are, are are the typical pleasure sensations like I love the way a dude's heartbeat feels if I have like my finger in his butt or something. Like I love that sort of. That's so weird. I've never thing. heard that before in my life, but I love that whole sentence. It's gonna be on my Twitter for like five days. Uh, <laughs> I do. It's like inside inside the anus, there is this very 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 big like uh, blood vessel, and you can touch it and you can as if, like um, the opposite way as if you were doing uh, prostate play. The yeah. like completely 180. You can just put your finger right there, and you'll feel their pulse. And it's like this just giant, hot, pulsing, like electric area. It's so interesting. The next time I shove my finger up a dude's ass, I'm gonna feel her over that. Yes, please do, please, then, please do. And ha- so, what state do you live in? You're in, you're in. Where are you again? Ypsilanti, right? Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Oh, you're in a state that nobody wants to go to. Oh, no, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I understand. Then again, I kind of knew what was going to happen because I live here. So, yeah, you're going to say that I'm in, I mean, I'm up in Canada, so I'm relatively safe from the orange one, but, uh, the angry orange, the annoying orange. Yeah. Agent Orange. Like, I can't believe, like, I cannot believe he, wow. Um, but, 
On the bright side, though, on the bright side, we are going to have a recount in three key states that if they turn for Hillary, Hillary will become the president. I hope to God. I hope to God that Hillary, please, please. <laughs> look, look. I don't think she's a saint. I don't think she's the greatest person ever. I don't think she's the most amazing person. But if I had to compare and contrast Clinton versus Trump, I've picked my person. Right! Because I'm like, honestly, honestly, I get it. I get it. She's a politician. She is. I know that. But I already know how evil and crooked she is. I'm, a, I'm aware of that level of crookedness. I'm okay with it in my politicians. Yeah. All I want is somebody who's not going to send me to a death camp. Like, that's, yeah. like I'm, yeah. really, I'm really not that hard to please. Yeah, I just don't want to die today. The end. I just don't want to die today. Like, did you see like, that? Like, I just, I just bought an Xbox One on Black Friday. Like, I, I, have, I have things to do. I just want to play Xbox and shut my finger and be asked to feel your pulse. Why is that so hard? It's not this what I, this is all, all I want. <laughs> um, yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, what was the original question? Yeah, so back to shoving my hands up the dude's ass. I'm going to feel that next time I do that. Can you can you also feel it when you eat them out? Can you feel that? I guess you have to go really hot. Probably it's, not. It's, no, it's it's you can he, you can hear like their heartbeat. Oh, that's so weird. I just ate it's it. It's very strange. There's like a pulsing, a, a slight like. I'm gonna totally wait. Anybody listening like who wants to come to Toronto and put their put. Let me put my finger up their ass. I'd love to do that with you. So please <laughs> contact me. I'd love to be a part of that for you. Absolutely. Let's let's everybody. Let's start. Let's have a party. Yeah. Let's have a heartbeat ass. <laughs> An anal heartbeat. An anal. I, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. If if Trump actually gets in. This could be our, our way of consoling ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Let's have a let's have an anal rhythm. Anal rhythm. There you go. Yeah, anal. What is this called? Anal. Uh, uh, what's what's the heart rhythm called? Uh, anal rhythmia. Anal rhythmia. There you go. Is it? Actually, that sounds kind of cool. That might be a good album title. Anal rhythmia. There you go. Yes. Um, and I hope we keep this part of the podcast. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep all this, these rants. <laughs> well, absolutely, absolutely. See, the rants are what make. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, right? Who knows how we got onto Trump? I don't know, but it was great that we did. I, I honestly think that as much as we can, Trevor, Trevor, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what? This is what I get for smoking too much. If we can get on Trump as much as possible, yeah, maybe we can get him out. That is my hope. My fingers are crossed. I don't know what else what else to do except like just pray and pray, like, but I'm not religious. I'm not religious either, but man, I'll pray to whoever we got I gotta pray to to get this guy out of office. Like, whoa. Whoa. Um what? No, just what Trump, whoa, like whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, no. Okay. So it's been about an hour and I I think this is a good place to end it. <laughs> end the show. Um, it has been so good to have you on, Andrew Gerza. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. Why don't you tell everybody where they can like find your stuff, where they can follow you, find your podcast and whatnot, where they can find me on your podcast when that episode eventually comes out? Uh, you can find me at www.andrewgerza.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A.com. Uh, the podcast is there. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, something else that I can't remember where I put it up. Uh, I'm also on the Twitter at Andrew Gerza. That's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-R-Z-A on Twitter. I'm really, really active there. I'm on the Facebook at Andrew Gerza1. Um, I'm, every, I'm everywhere. Basically, look for Andrew Gerza and you'll find me somewhere. Um, but it was so, so fun. To be on, let's talk about sex. Such a simple, easy, like, fun conversation. It was so great to be here, and I'm so happy. Well, thank you for being on. It's been a while since I've had a guest. 
Um, and it's been a while since the audio podcast has been around, but this will actually be the first episode uh, coming out for the audio podcast. Um, again, episode on the audio feed was like, I've been doing shows on YouTube exclusively in that time. To the audio podcast, everyone. Yay! Yay! Audio podcast. Awesome. All right. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for the show. Um, I had a bunch of fun. As I said, I'm going to be on your show soon, um, and I'll let everybody know where that's going to be. Uh, if you guys want to get me, though, you can find me at ltsx.com. You can find me on every social media site at not Jerome Stewart. You can check out my all-new lube and cosmetics and poetry uh, company, The Butters, at thebutters.com, or getthebutters.com. Um, you can also go at jerome.stuartnichols.com, which is my personal website. You can see pictures of me and all sorts of wonderful things. Um, but you can do all that. Thank you so much for watching. I love you all. And as always, keep it sexy. And now we can stop the show. Yeah, that was so good, though.